Seven Wonders is not a fun game to me. Anytime I play Seven it's Wonders. Not even one wonder. Yeah. <laughs> the eighth wonder is, why are we playing this game? How's that one? Boom. That's not bad. My name is Alan Gerning, and I'm the host of the Tuesday Night Podcast, the podcast that is all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. I'm talking about board games, tabletop games, those role-playing games, dice games, card games, pretty much any game that you play on top of a table, which connects you to those friends that sit across from you. And this podcast is all about the stories you make while doing that ding-dang thing. Woohoo! I'm not alone. With me is my business partner, the chip to my Dale, Sean McCoy. Hey, how's it going? You haven't been on in a while. Why is that? Because I had a baby. He's actually with me right now. He's sitting on my lap. So hopefully he doesn't get too impatient here. He's looking at me like, what are you doing? On our business calls, Langston chimes in every once in a while. And it's so adorable instead of invasive. I encourage you to include him on any episode in which you're on the podcast. He needs to get to know the family business. I'm glad to have you here, Langston McCoy. Boop, 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 Alan. Wow. Whoa. He sounds like a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the only reason I have you on right now, because it is also a Zero episode. A Zero episode is when we have a jump-in spot for all the new listeners, or as we call them, names, so you can learn all the lingo, like a listener's a knave, and a guest is called a noble, and you can go from a knave to a knight by submitting a short story, which we call a knave to knight submission, where afterwards we knight you. But you can also become a comrade, because we have the B-team. When Sean and I can't make it, we have B-team take over and do all sorts of things. Sean, are we a review podcast? Do we review games here? Langston just ripped my pop filter off of my microphone. <laughs> Adorable. No, we don't review games, really. Don't come here expecting reviews. We just had an episode recently about the most painful tabletop experiences. If you want to share your own tabletop story that you have that somewhat even loosely resembles gaming, where should you send those Nave Tonight's mission, Sean? Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. We're also on social media, at PlayTKG, on your Twitter, your Instagram. We also have Discord, don't we, Sean? We do. We have a Mothership Discord, which is pretty hopping. Uh-oh. It's here. Mothership. The award-winning sci-fi horror role-playing game by Sean McCoy. And who the heck is Sean McCoy, Sean McCoy? Uh, I'm That's your... you, that's correct. <laughs> And I'm Alan Girding. We have a small game company called Tuesday Night Games. Our first game was Two Rooms and a Boom. We published Anthony Birch's World Championship Russian Roulette, Matt Fantastic, That's Not Lemonade. We're coming out with Jennifer A. Bully's Toother Bear, which I'm excited about. But if there's one thing I've been doing more than anything else lately, it's been Mothership, Sean! Playing so many games of Mothership, it's really addictive. You have two campaigns running right now. I do. It's redonkulous because I can't get enough of it. And one of the reasons I have two campaigns going, I will be at Shucks 
the first weekend in October, October 4th, and I was invited to do a bunch of things. In fact, I just looked at the schedule. They're still hammering out some of the schedule details, so this may be subject to change. But if you find yourself in Vancouver, Canada, during that first weekend in October, and you're at Shucks, which I think is the reason you'd be in Vancouver, <laughs> on Friday, there's games of two rooms and a boom going on. I'm reading this email for the first time as I'm talking to you, Sean, so this is kind of exciting. And then fairy tale betrayal from 9.30 until midnight. Wow. Holy crap, man. That's a lot of time to be... I'm the only one who can run fairy tale betrayal. I was thinking it would be like an hour game or an hour session. But no. No, they have me running it from 9.30 to midnight. Well, you know what I always say. They uh, super take advantage of you. That's uh, that's the thing I say about that. That is just Friday, Sean. I haven't even gotten into Saturday or Sunday. Oh, and yeah. I haven't bought my plane tickets yet. Maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> oh geez saturday thingy we have the tuesday night podcast saturday eleven thirty a.m to twelve thirty a.m so wait that can't make sense 12 hours they wow. must mean eleven thirty a.m to twelve thirty p.m i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> then there's two rooms in a boom twelve thirty to 2 30 and then shut up and sit down is going to play Mothership, or as I like to call it, Mother, shut up and shit, sit down. Well, it's hard to say that without saying shit down. Uh, could you say it for me? Sure. Mother, shut up and sit down. Mother, shut up and sit down. From 2.30 to 4.30. And more two rooms and a boom, Sean. From 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Hmm. But that's going to be interrupted with a psychology panel that I'm going to be doing with Matt Lee's Psychology, How to Manipulate Others to Win, where Matt Lee's and myself will teach you the social psychology of persuasion, which is a nice way of saying manipulation. Anyway, so in preparation for that, I've just been running a crap ton of Mothership, so I get really familiar with it, and I find a nice, tight adventure that I can run for two hours. So at least it's going to be a two-hour game session, not just an hour, which I was afraid of which it will be Matt Lee's, Quentin Smith. We're going to have Philippa War. And I think the fourth one is going to be Buttface McGee, Lindsey Road. Although now that I see that, I'm wondering who the heck's going to run two rooms and a boom if I am if I take Lindsey and we're playing You will, silly together. Billy. You need to do both. <laughs> you need to do both. That's my long-winded thing of what I've been doing lately. So I've been brushing up on fairytale betrayal, thingy, and mothership as well as trying to prepare this psychology talk, all for shucks, which is the end of the month in just four weeks here. So, boom, been busy, busy, but you've been doing some daddy stuff, but that's not all you've been doing. What else have you been working on? A lot of the business end stuff, part of being like a stay-at-home dad means that my time is restricted, so I have to put all my energy into whatever is going to move the needle for the most Tuesday night games, whether that's ordering a reprint of Russian Roulette or getting a Kickstarter up and running. And right now, we've got two big things on the horizon. One is getting Toother Bear ready for Kickstarter, and one is getting the new Mothership Adventure, Gradient Descent, ready for Kickstarter as well. Ooh, Mothership. Sean McCoy sci-fi horror role-playing game. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've been doing a little bit of homebrew and tweaking it and adding in my own rules here, and that is not to complain about the core system. It's just something that I felt met the needs of my specific group. And that's an interesting thing because, like, in role-playing games, they call it raw rules as written. 
And what they mean is, according to the rules, as they're written in the rule book, what does X mean or what does Y mean? And in Mothership, we'll give interpretations to fans or followers when they ask questions, but we always preface that by saying, at my table, this is what we do. Because I believe that hacking and homebrewing is part of the like real role-playing game experience. So we want to provide a robust system, but one that's easy to change based on what your players need, whether they want a easier game or a harder game, or they want one that's more about resource management, or they want one that's more just about telling a story. We want the rule set to be simple enough that you can bolt on or take away very, very easily to sort of address those needs, which you're doing in your home games. I think some of the big places to utilize your own tweaking and mothership that I found is how much stress is reduced, what gains so much stress, and when do people panic? And I think that really depends on your warden, which is what you call the game master. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. We're working on the warden's operations manual right now, which is sort of like the dungeon master's guide. And we're going to give some tips and tricks about how to slide those values based on the kind of experience you want. So if you want to run a long running campaign, give out like one stress every time somebody fails a roll. If you want to run a really intense one shot tonight, everyone's going to play the game. You don't care if everybody lives or dies. Give out one D10 stress per failed roll. And those are really easy ways that you can up the difficulty or change the mood of the game based on how long you intend to play. Stress in Mothership is a really important mechanic because it really increases the tension. And that's the difference between Mothership and any other role-playing game I have ever played, is it has this built-in system to really make you understand that when you're pretending to be some type of Wayfarer space person, you not only have to worry about outer space, a foreign planet, whatever you're interacting with, but the taxing stress of this isolation and frightful encounters that you may have. So as the game goes on, I believe there should be this crescendo, but you don't want a crescendo too early with the amount of stress because the more stressed out you are, the more likely you're going to panic, which causes your character to do really unfortunate things that can really impair the group safety. So if you do that too soon, then it's more of a game about wrestling with just the stress than the adventure you have before your characters but not enough, and they never really experience that whole stress system, and they just start doing everything they want. The way I think of it is, by the time they're reaching the climax of their story, they should also be wrestling with panic. I think that's a good way to put it, and it also highlights like one of the differences between how you run your games and how I run my games. I think a lot about how I want them to make their decisions. I want them to have to make a hard decision between finishing the mission or possibly panicking and dying, but I don't particularly care about the story aspect of it. I think there will be an interesting story in retrospect, but as for the timing of when they panic or when they uh, gain a lot of stress, I don't think about it a lot at my table. I just worry about throwing hard problems at them to solve constantly. So I'm always keeping the pressure up. One of those isn't better than the other, but it's really interesting because I think we both like the game a lot, but we both approach it from such different angles, which is, to me, it's a good thing. 
And that comes back to the whole zero episode because you and I just had a casual conversation about our role-playing game differences, and we have this really strong embedded love for RPGs, and that's how we really started our relationship, a friendship, which has blossomed into Tuesday Night Games, which has led to this podcast. We originally had a host, SBJ. SBJ then died or got married or moved on to bigger, better things. Who knows? After that, I took over as host, but all of this is because of the love of role-playing games. And the big thing for me, my role-playing taste, is I love one-shots, which are these very clear three-act scenarios that take place in just a three-hour sitting. So act one, one hour, Act two happens in the second hour, and then act three is the third hour with the resolution. And I really try to plan it out that way and string them through. And that's my role-playing style is so narratively driven. Whereas you have more OSR feel where I think you love a lot of randomization and more freedom, and you really don't railroad your players at all, from my experience. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I like, uh, they call it a sandbox. I really want my players to set their own goals, and I work hard to make a world that they can really interact with, and I don't particularly care about the outcomes. If they say, like, we want to go in this direction, and I don't have anything prepared for it, I just do my best to build the tools that would help me prepare that stuff on the fly. That's why things like a pound of flesh and dead planet have all these generators for generating new derelict ships or generating these new missions. It's so that when players walk off the edge of the map where I haven't drawn yet, I'm not unprepared. I can still do something that session that's still fun, filling in sort of the world as we go. And at risk it sounding defensive, I do want to be clear, I do my best not to railroad my players, but what I do do is I offer them options to which no matter what, I'm able to plug in these ambiguous plot notes that can be custom tailored to their decisions. So when I have a location, I make sure it's not a specific space station in a specific sector of this specific galaxy. Instead, if they just hyperdrive randomly to somewhere, then they'll come across that space station. It's an old trick that I'm sure everyone listening to this, if you've dungeon mastered, you've probably done. But at some point, I'm reading off of a script that I have written. I try to give the illusion that they can go anywhere they want to have anything happen. But at the same time, I have all these bag of tricks, which I think is another great way to use Dead Planet or a Pound of Flesh is because you can combine the two of what we're saying. You can have very narratively driven and you can have freeform sandbox. There's plenty of room in between. And I think those modules give both of that. Yeah, I think the the old arguments about railroading and sandboxing and that kind of stuff, they're tired because fun is king. If your players are having fun, wanting to play more and more and more, it really doesn't matter what you're doing because you've tapped into something that your table wants. And so everyone can have all these theoretical arguments about whether it's better to do things this way or whether player choice or agency, if you take it away or if you or if you trick them or, or whatever. All these arguments are purely theory from like a design perspective. If your players are having fun, it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Everyone's different. But let's segue away from uh, talking about your role-playing game and let's talk about B-Team a little bit. Logan Jenkins, we have William Anderson, and we have Dungeon Master Greg Leatherman and they come on the show and they do their thing. But you know what's really exciting about Dungeon Master Greg Leatherman right now, Sean? He's got a Kickstarter running.
He does. And he talked all about his game Glitter Hearts, which is live on Kickstarter right now on episode 188. So if you want a lot of details about Greg's idea, which is pretty amazing, you can listen to episode 188. The best way to describe it, I would say it's... I, it's about the magical girl genre of like anime, right? The way Greg describes it is he says, Glitter Hearts is a magical transforming heroes RPG about working together as a team to protect the world from those who would harm it. Mm -hmm. So it does take the inspiration from magical heroes genre like Sailor Moon and Power Rangers. So that whole, what do they call that? Sentai? Isn't that what the that group is called? Do you know what I'm talking about, Sean? I don't know about that. Oh, it's like Super Sentai. That's what it counts. So Sailor Moon meets Super Sentai, which is the Power Rangers type, which is basically these friends work together and then they form together to form one magical creature to fend off evil. So anyone who really likes to play magical girls RPG and have the game really capture the feel of an anime genre and a team of working together, you're really going to love Glitter Hearts and it uses the engine of Powered by the Apocalypse to go ahead and run it. So that's like a D6 system, whereas Mothership is a total D10 system. So if you're a fan of B-Team in this podcast, I highly recommend you check out the Kickstarter. It sounds super creative and I totally want to play it, even though I haven't traditionally watched a single episode of Sailor Moon. And I'm not a huge Super Sentai fan, although Voltron totally counts. And I am a Voltron fan. Yeah, I think it's a little... I mean, Sailor Moon's not before your time, but probably Power Rangers and Super Sentai are a little bit before your time. Or not before your time, after your time. Like I was in... After my time, exactly. Fifth grade when Power Rangers were out. So it was. I was right in the strike zone there. That's right. You were. In fact, one of my childhood friend's little brothers became an amazing gymnast, and he just missed qualifying for the May Olympics, the U.S. Olympics. And the reason he became a gymnast? Fan of Power Rangers. No. Go, go, Power Rangers. Isn't that adorable? Oh, yeah. Because I remember him just pretending he was a Power Ranger as we were these older brother types hanging out with him like, ah, it's more phenomenal, guys. And he's just doing these punches and kicks and couldn't do flips. So his parents signed him up for gymnastics. And that's what he does for a career now. He's a professional gymnastics coach. So that show literally changed that dude's life. Wow. Forever. It really morphed him into the man he is today. Go, go, Power We should give an example of a Nave Tonight submission. You want to do that, Sean? Yes, I do. Here we go, Sean. Hi, this is the Charisma Check Podcast. We, we just recorded a podcast episode where we played the Mothership RPG system and we were playing through the Dead Planet module. We really enjoyed it. It's uh, great. Yeah, we need to do more. Yeah, I think the consensus is we really love the D10 system. It was a lot of fun. It was pretty... Easy to understand once we got into it. Everybody loved character creation. It was pretty simple, but it, it gave us a lot of room to make our own stuff. I made a captain, kind of based on a mashup of all the Star Trek captains. <laughs> uh, had a little box to draw our characters. That was fun. Captain Kirkard. Yeah, yeah Jonas. Captain <laughs> Jonas Kirkard. <laughs> made a spaceship. That part was fun. My wife kind of laughed at me when I was doing it. I was actually sitting in bed. Uh, with, a, with a notepad and looking at rules and drawing a spaceship. I, she was laughing at me, but I loved it. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. My wife laughs at me everything I play. So. <laughs> yep. 
I know. I, all week I was trying to figure out uh, an accent to use. I was yeah. like, <laughs> all week I was like, mm, what should I do? I was like, well, I'm a um, Marine, so I'll just go that, super tough. That was the hardest thing is figuring out an accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the struggles of a podcast. Well, I spent an entire hour just figuring an anagram for my name, Eli. Yeah. Electronic Lifesaver Intelligence. I was going to try to look up like a anagram for like an onboard AI or something, but I kind of fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we made it through part of the module and it went really smoothly up until got to a part where I did not prepare enough. <laughs> that was on me. So we're, we're actually splitting this recording up. We're going to do another session later. And we're all looking forward to it. There's some gnarly stuff in it, but we still had a lot of fun. Even when uh, fun. Carl shot me in the back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had a, a couple of Marines. One of them was kind of wrestling with a, an alien creature. I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, the other Marine failed his combat check with a critical failure so I made him roll damage anyway and his friend took some friendly fire <laughs> but, but in a rage I, I took out the alien yes <laughs> we, they didn't no one died which is was although cool. I tried to force feed Nathan several times yeah painkillers he just would not take them inhuman android was trying to force feed pills <laughs> your only job is to make sure that we're safe and healthy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> that should have been your anagram. Yeah, that should have been mom. your anagram. Yeah, mom. <laughs> mom. Now I'm going to be thinking of an anagram for Mom. Or it might be Mom. Mechanical. You're a goddess after all. Mechanical operation. Medic. Mother. Medic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mechanical. Mechanically Mechan- operated mother. What? <laughs> <laughs> Mechanically operated medic. Yeah, it's, it's such a simple system, and it's so wide open. We could do all kinds of stuff with this it is good not to be limited to a rank or a title yeah Yeah. that you could be anything you want instead of having a certain set amount Mm -hmm. like you would in any other rpg we primarily play uh fifth edition D &D, and what's coming from that to this is like totally different yeah yeah Yeah. this is a whole different but in a good way (laughs) ball game yeah refreshing it was really fun playing with the percentile dice more often. Mm-hmm. You don't really get yeah, to do I've that a lot. I've never touched them before in D&D. Yeah, Unless in D&D, you're playing as a sorcerer, you don't really touch yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> like a wild magic sorcerer or the DM. That's basically the only yeah. people who ever use percentile dice. Unless you do like the wisp spell or something. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> yeah, that's also pretty wild. And, and then you have to go unlikely. off a giant table, <laughs> yeah. and it just takes up so many pages in the handbook. So. Yeah. It was great. Uh, we're going to be editing the stuff up, and we'll have an episode out soon. So I hope anybody who is enjoying this or listening will check it out. I highly recommend Mothership, and I highly recommend our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Chorus my check. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Tuesday Night Games. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Sean. First of all, how does it feel hearing other people playing your role-playing game on their podcast or when they video stream it? What is it like seeing Mothership just thrive outside of your own bedroom office where you typed (laughs) away and created this thing? Sometimes it's nerve-wracking, but it can't really be anything other than a dream come true. For a game to survive the initial life cycle of like, it's out, it's new, everybody's checking it out, and to continue playing it, is a really, really big honor. And it's something that I think if I went back in time and told myself at 14 
what I was doing now? Would that person think this was cool? And obviously that doesn't go for everything in the world, but for this, it works really well because I think 14 year old me would love this. I think the only bigger accomplishment that you've ever done besides mothership is Langston McCoy. Oh, (laughs) isn't that right? Langston. Love you, Langston. (laughs) But we should get back on track and talk about whether or not we should knight these individuals. Because here's the interesting dilemma. In all the other Knave to Knight submissions we've had before, it's always one person. But here, it's a group of individuals. What do you think, Sean? I want to call them the Charismites, and I want them to be our backup singers. Do you know what I was thinking of calling them? Hit me, hit me. Please don't hate me for this. With that being said, I wanted to call them... Sir acronyms, because they kept on saying anagrams, which is when you jumble up letters instead of acronyms. But that's a smart ass move. I think the obvious (laughs) choice would be Sir Charisma Check and just make it like this multi-headed knight. I'm not, if I haven't told you this, I talked to Logan, B Team Logan Jenkins, and he's interested in illustrating all of our knights for us. Oh, that's awesome. So I imagine if Sir Charisma check, if that's what we end up calling this night, I imagine Sir Charisma having all these different heads. I love the dude in the background that only chimed in twice. He sounded really far away and had the perfect podcast voice, all tremble, no bass voice. (laughs) What do you think? I like Sir Charisma check, the multi-headed beast. Okay. Knave! Knaves, approach we nobles and kneel to allow us to honor thee. We, on behalf of all knaves, knights, and nobles alike, applaud thine heroic and knightly contribution to this, the Tuesday Night Podcastle. Allow us to dub thee Sir or Sirs Charisma Check, the multi-headed beast of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Now rise, rise, Sir Charisma Check, as the newest knight of the Tuesday Night Gaming Table. Do you know what's coming up in only 10 episodes, Sean? Since this is episode 190? Episode 204. That's math for you. (laughs) (laughs) 200 is a big deal. I cannot believe we almost have 200 episodes. We're probably going to change things up at episode 200. I think it's a great time for us to finally reflect on all the changes we made slowly but surely throughout this podcast. See what really works. See what really doesn't. So I kind of want to do a call to action for all of the knaves, knights, listeners alike, and even the comrades. Please email us, podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Send us your favorite or least favorite, anything to do with the podcast itself. I know it's really meta, but if there is maybe your favorite episode and why that's your favorite episode, if there's an episode you really look forward to, or if there's some aspect that you really hate, I'm down with the negativity too. Send it on in. What are your thoughts, Sean? Only send in negative stuff. (laughs) Okay. Sponsors, yay! Thank you for sponsoring us. Send us free stuff or money, and we'll talk about your stuff, but only if we like it. (laughs) Thegamecrafter.com. You can buy things. Say something about thegamecrafter.com, Sean, besides they can buy things. (laughs) I really, really like 
anything that makes it easy to quickly develop like a prototype for a game or in the game crafters case a real game i think there's no better time to start designing your own games than right now and i think it's so easy to get a professional nice looking one with the game crafter thegamecrafter.com yeah all right sean i think with that being said uh, this episode is Finish! Sincere thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. Share the shit out of this episode with your friends and family alike. Let them know about it. And really, I hope that we have a lot of participation for episode 200. So send in those emails to podcast at Tuesday Night Games. And you know what? Really check out Dungeon Master Greg's Glitter Hearts. The links to his Kickstarter and a whole bunch of other information is available in the show notes below. So whatever you're listening to this on, I can guarantee there's notes for the show below. Bye-bye-bye!